بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين يا ربي صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم الله أكبر الله جبس توفيق الله has blessed us with this opportunity to share a few words a few reminders this is but through the fadl and the karam of Allah subhanahu wa taala many of our people are here in Makkah Mukarrama and in Medina Munawwara Allah give us all توفيق to send abundance of salutations upon the beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the greatest of Allah's creation amazing is the hadith of hajj and this is something we should analyze and we can practice in these regions whoever of us are going whoever knows someone going let us remind each other of these beautiful words when the beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked about an accepted hajj because he said that an accepted hajj the reward of this is jannah guaranteed sahaba asked wama birrul hajj how does one's hajj become accepted what is the righteousness birr what is the righteousness of one's hajj the beloved of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said what was expected was make lot of ibadah and that's what one should do and yes we know it's the time of umrah but the lesson we learning the beloved of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said for an accepted hajj one has to feed food in abundance it'am at'am walin al-kalam feed people food and speak to people politely softly sweetly kindly wa ifsha'u salam and spread salams in abundance subhanallah what sublime character imagine these were also our beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam's words as he entered the holy city medina munawwara the elated city the enlightened city the blessed city taba tayba tayyiba sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mubarak city the city mentioned in the ancient books of the past the city mentioned in the books of the torah and the scriptures the mention of such a city prompted the jewish community to actually migrate to medina munawwara awaiting the arrival of the final and the greatest of allah's creation muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what were his mubarak words as he entered medina munawwara the hadith experienced and heard by hazrat abdullah bin salam radhiyallahu anhu and interesting is the sahabi who narrates this hadith his name was husain and there were other sahaba who were named with the same name husain with a sad the beloved of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's grandson was hazrat husain with a seen this is hazrat husain with a sad imran bin husain radhiyallahu anhu's father who was also a sahabi of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but this husain who was formerly a jewish rabbi who studied rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mubarak descriptions in the ancient books in the previous books because the beloved of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is mentioned in the previous books so clearly that the quran kareem in surah baqara and interestingly surah baqara is one of the first chapters to be revealed in medina munawwara paving the way for the different communities to embrace islam and the community living in medina munawwara with the arabs were the jewish community that's why there's so much of discussions as far as the jews are concerned and among those discussions is regarding the description 
mention of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned in their books. Alladina atina humul kitab yarifuna hu kama yarifuna abnaahum. Those whom we've given them the book, the people of the scripture, they recognize Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam with no mistake. Like they recognize their own children. Can you mistaken your child from another? You can't. They knew Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam without doubt, and that's what prompted them to live there. But the saddest reality is when they refused. Many refused to embrace. What was it that caused this? It was pride, haughtiness, and racism. Allah save us. From these despicable qualities. That's why Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam's first words as he entered Medina Manawara, and this hadith was narrated by such a Sahabi, and every Sahabi is pure, Subhanallah. But this shows anyone can change. He was a Jewish rabbi, sincerity and purity, Subhanallah. He narrates this hadith. Why he's known as Abdullah bin Salam because the beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam changed his name, even though there were others, another who was also Hussein, but this was out of love. An affinity and affiliation for which Allah's beloved, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, changed his name. So Hazrat Abdullah bin Salam narrates: When I saw Allah's beloved, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Allah's Nabi, sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mubarak, mubarak face, I knew this face is but the face of a pure man. Meaning, this is the face of a man of purity and sincerity. This face can never be that of a liar. And the first words I heard him say was, "Ya ayyuhannas, O humanity, O people." These are our beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam's first words as he entered Medina Munawwara. "Ya ayyuhannas, afshu salam, O people, spread salam, make salam common, afshu salam, wa attaimu taam, and feed people food." What amazing qualities, akhlaq, character. أفش السلام وأطعم الطعام وصل الأرحام and join ties maintain ties unite الله أكبر have a big heart overlook be polite let it go سامح وصفح أنت الرابح forgive overlook you will be a winner by our Allah by Allah سبحانه وتعالى to make Allah happy Salul arham, join family ties, maintain ties, unite for Allah's sake. Wasallu bilail, wanasu niyam, and pray at night when others are asleep. Tadkhulul jannata bissalam, your entry in paradise will be with peace and ease. So interestingly, Tadkhulul jannata bissalam, this is the easiest access to paradise. And the narrator of this hadith is Hazrat Abdullah bin Salam, radiyallahu anhu. So when we come to these lands, and even at home, wherever we are in the world, make salam to people, make salam to everyone. It's so amazing here in Makkah Mukarramah. Yes, sadly. People from all around the world are here, but people don't know this beautiful Sunnah. So people will just walk past each other. Don't look down upon them. Don't get angry with them. Don't get upset with them. But my brother, my sister, you make salam. Every male makes salam with every male. Make make salam to every man you pass. But make salam lovingly. Make salam with a smile. Make us make salam with love. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "You will acquire proximity to Allah, closeness to Allah when you make salam first." 
ان اول الناس بالله تعالى من بداهم بالسلام صحابه اسد هو شود ميك سلام فرست ذا بيليفرد اوف الله ستيتس صلى الله عليه وسلم هي هو وانس كلوزنس تو الله او هي هو از كلوزر تو الله But don't deem yourself closer to Allah just because Allah gave you tawfiq of salam. But take it as a means that Allah, I want your closeness. I want, I seek your proximity, your love, closeness to your beloved ones. That's why I make salam first, for example. That's the perception we should have. So every male makes salam to every male. Every female makes salam to every female. There's so much of barakah in salam. There's so much of rahmah. in salam you can enter a lift everyone will be quiet just make salam subhanallah it is so amazing there'll be there'll be smiles due to salam there'll be conformity there'll be love and through that you can actually uh, interact with people seek his name mention your name ask him from me about his whereabouts and in that there's interaction for Allah's sake bringing each other closer to Allah it all starts with salam and the meaning subhanallah assalamu alaykum Allah who is assalam the giver of peace may Allah be there for you how amazing is the meaning of salam may Allah be there for you assalam be there for you and it also means peace be upon you may Allah give you peace in your life assalamu alaykum and the other meaning of salam and this was also understood like this in the arab society it means i will never harm you i'm not here to harm you or disrespect you or dishonor you or attack you but assalamu alaykum peace i've come with peace اسوا عند الايه واذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما سبحان الله حضرت مفتي ذو الحق سعد بن بركاته explains this so beautifully one of the meanings here is the friends of allah ibadur rahman the qualities of the special bondsman of rahman the most merciful is when the jahil when the jahil the ignorant ones also harm them and are disrespectful to them they respond very positively with peace by not harming by not retaliating by not re- acting negatively qalu salama with peace meaning they take leave and they maintain peace and the other meaning here in this context is we've not come to fight or harm or disrepute or discredit you but we are here with the message of peace for the world qalu salama so assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah may allah's mercy be upon you wa barakatu and the blessings of allah be upon you subhanallah and then imagine it's mentioned in the quran wa idha huyitum bitahiyatin fahayyu bi ahsana minha aw rudduha allah in the holy quran states when you greet it with the greeting of peace tahiyya wa idha huyitum bitahiyya so re- respond in a most beautiful manner meaning respond in a with with more dua if someone just says assalamu alaykum you respond in a more positive manner you respond with wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh and there's so much of love in the greeting imagine so valuable is salam that it's mentioned in the holy quran and interestingly salam is also mentioned in the bible as a greeting of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam and the anbiya alayhi salawatu min Allah wat taslimat and interestingly in the hebrew language and in so many languages of the world the pronunciation of salam is very very similar so you can even mention to your christian friend that you know 
Even Jesus, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam, greeted with salam. Who are the people that greet with salam in the world today? And you leave a Christian thinking that it's actually the Muslims who have upheld the teachings of all the Anbiya alayhimu salawatu min Allahi wa taslimat. And inshallah, the simple gesture could bring him closer to Islam. Interesting is the incident of the Sahabi Hazrat Umair bin Wahab anhu. Before he embraced Islam, he actually arrived in Medina Munawwara after Badr to take revenge. His intention was to assassinate Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as he arrived in Medina Munawwara, Hazrat Umar anhu saw the way Umair entered and he came near Umair grabbing Umair's collar. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam instructed Hazrat Umar to step aside and he welcomed Umair very politely and lovingly. And he greeted Umair with, um, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi greeted Umair, but Umair what did Umair say? Umair greeted with the greeting of Jahiliyyah. And what was the greeting of paganism? It was An'im Sabahan, good morning, have a good morning. And look how confined is the greeting of the West. Just goodness for the morning only, for example. Salam is not only morning, not only the night, all the time, all the days, for the rest of your life. May Allah bless you. And imagine if you explain this beautiful meaning to your employees and your staff, how they would become closer to Allah just due to salam. So the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa explained to Hazrat Umayr. So from here we learn a beautiful strategy of da'wah. Explain the beauty of salam to a non-Muslim. The beloved of Allah وسلم, when Umair greeted with the greeting of Jahiliyyah, the beloved of Allah seized the opportunity to explain to him the beauty of salam. That Allah gave us an amal Allah. Allah gave us a tahiyyah better than your tahiyyah. Allah gave us such a greeting which is better than your greeting. And what is that greeting? Allah has given us salam. So Umair said, that you know what, not long ago you were greeting in the same way. But Alhamdulillah, what happened thereafter? The beloved of Allah وسلم, asked Umair, why have you come? He said, I've come for my captive, for my son. The beloved of Allah وسلم, then said to Umair, but you and Safwan sat in the hijab in the semicircle by the Kaaba Sharif and this was your conversation. You actually said that had it not been for my debts, and my responsibility towards my daughters, I would go now to Muhammad وسلم, to assassinate him. But you know what, Umair? Allah will never let that happen. Umair was shocked, was dumbstruck, was affected. He said, you know, there was no one who knew this. There was no one who knew of this. It is definitely true that Allah has notified you of this. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanallah the environment of Medina this miracle and the knowledge of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired Hazrat Umair and this brought him to Islam. He then joined the company of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam spent time in his company and look at his purity after some days after learning his heart couldn't bear but to return to share deen with the people he came from. This was the concern of every Sahabi radiallahu anhu without exception. He returns to Makkah Mukarramah and he goes to every person. But imagine he starts with Safwan. Now Safwan, 
Safwan was awaiting the news that Umair had killed Rasulullah So as he was getting restless, but prior to that he would go to the congregations around the Kaaba to give them good news and give them hope that you know what happened in Badr has hurt you, but don't worry, soon such information, such news will come to you. Tunsikum waqata badrin. You'll even forget your losses in Badr. And when he got the news from one caravan of travelers returning from Medina Munawwara that you know what when they would, he, would, he would ask information anything happened anything happened the reaction would be nothing happened but one caravan told him you know Umair bin Wahab embraced Islam and now he's learning deen they in the company of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sahaba radiallahu anhum Safwan was shocked and he couldn't believe it and he was very very upset but alhamdulillah Umair slowly but surely worked on him and finally Hazrat Safwan came into Islam and he became a great Sahabi of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this is how an environment can change a person subhanallah another interesting incident of a Sahabi anhu, who changed through this environment was that of the first Sahabi to recite the Labbaik. The first Sahabi to recite the Labbaik. And that was Hazrat Thumama with Isa'ah. What happened to him was prior to his Islam, he was a prominent ruler and a very well-to-do individual in Yamama. And this is in the Hijaz area. And he was so well-to-do that his goods would be exported into Makkah. Goods like oils, raisins, skins would come from him and go to Makkah. And he had a shared a close relationship with Quraysh. And due to his status and position, there was somewhat arrogance and haughtiness prior to Islam. That the beloved of Allah Wasallam sent letters of, inv of inviting people to Islam. Allah's beloved وسلم, sent these letters to the rulers of the world at the time. We learn from here the importance of sending letters to people, inviting them to Islam. The beloved of Allah وسلم, sent his letter to Thumama. Thumama very abruptly tore the letter of Nabi وسلم, and he showed a lot of disregard to some Sahaba. Then some time passed and it so happened that he was passing Medina Munawwara. And Allah made it happen that some Sahaba, noticing something doubtful in him, captured him and arrested him. This was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it was Allah's will that he wasn't well guarded with many of his men. So he was arrested, escorted to Medina Munawwara, Masjid al-Nabawi and tied to a pillar in the Masjid. This was Allah's will. It seems from the report that the Sahaba didn't know Thumama. The Sahaba didn't know him personally by face, but they heard of him, meaning they knew him by name. When the beloved of Allah وسلم, entered the masjid and he saw Thumama, he then explained to the Sahaba who he actually was. Then the beloved of Allah وسلم, treated Thumama very well in Masjid al-Nabawi and we find this to be this beautiful sunnah that whoever was brought to Masjid no matter what their background they were given an opportunity opportunity to experience the love in Islam in the environment of Masjid al-Nabawi let's remember the captives of Badr what treatment they were given just outside the precincts of the Masjid they were capped with so much of respect they were fed 
with kindness by the Sahaba عنهم, and they were left for those few days and it seemed to be more than 10 days because the journey alone was 8 days then it took some time until their relatives managed to put together the, the fees to get them released and many who couldn't afford the fee but they were literate were given Sahaba yeah, Sahaba's children and under supervision would educate them as far as reading and writing was concerned. So same like, yeah, same like this case with Thumama. Imagine his ikram was made from the home of Janabi Rasulullah So we learn to make ikram, honor people, give ikram to people feed people and so many ahadith show this even in the Meccan stage the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi with Hazrat Ali anhu would prepare meals and feed the senior Quraysh then the Nabi of Allah would give them da'wah to Islam this quality of feeding people is a very very important quality in our deen and on a daily basis the beloved of Allah sallallahu would actually sit with Hazrat Thumama the report is so clear that the reaction of Thumama was different in the, the three days on the first day when the Nabi of Allah left him to take effect from the environment he was given meals he was given milk he was left to experience the salah because he's right there in the proximity of the ibadat as our elders explain dawat Ta'aleem, dhikr ibadah and khidmah. These are the a'mal of hidayah. When these deeds take place in an environment, that environment becomes a means of the hidayah of the ummah, meaning an environment of calling to Allah, dawat. Ta'aleem, learning and teaching. Learning and teaching. Not you know everything and, and I know everything. No, it doesn't work like that. We know something, we teach others. What others know, we learn from them. We learn from each other. This is the beauty of our deen. Our ulama explain it like this. An exchange of qualities. We shouldn't claim that we have all good qualities. No, we have more weaknesses. Concentrate on correcting our weaknesses and learn from the good in others. So learning and teaching. Ta'aleem, dhikr, ibadah, an environment of dhikrullah, an ibadah and khidmah, serving one another. What amazing qualities we learn from the, the lives of the Sahaba, عنهم, because they learn from the best. They learn from the beloved of Allah, Janabi Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The beloved of Allah asks him, Mana in the Gayatumama? What do you feel? What what do you opine? What do you say? And on the first day, he actually said this first in Taqtul, Taqtul Dadam. If you kill me, you're killing a man with blood, meaning my people will come and fight out of vengeance and take revenge for me. These were his words first. These were the words that came out of his mouth. And then he also said, In Tunim but if you show me kindness, I'm a man who has appreciation, I'll remember your favor. Subhanallah, what a good quality also. Alhamdulillah. But when he said, you're killing a man who has blood and my people will take revenge for me. The other meaning here is, yeah, if you kill me, I've also put to the sword many of your men as well. That's the other meaning when understanding the context. This was the first day. This was his first reaction. But on the second and the third day, his reaction was much soft, was much, much more polite. 
and the sequence of his words were even more polite as well. So we find the environment of the masjid was softening him up. Every time I ponder over this hadith, I remember the incident where I went with my grandfather to Venezuela and we went in the Jamaat and there was an ishtima there and we met this one senior from uh, France and after the Jumu'ah khutbah and so forth, he then gave amazing advices on how to work on the local people of Venezuela and South America and how to be with the people. And what an amazing Kar Guzari and report or story he gave. It was actually a parable and an anecdote, a lesson, where he said there was this pride of lions and as they were in their pack, you know, and in their pride, it so happened that one lion cub got left behind. And it happened that as it was left behind, the shepherd happened to pass that same area with his flock. And as his flock was grazing, it so happened that the little lion cub started playing with his flock. And that day, when he noticed this, he was actually startled and worried and perturbed at first. But then when he realized that the cubs the, 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 the sheep and the lion cub were playing together. He then realized there probably wouldn't be much harm and he then returned his flock to his kraal, you know, for its preservation with the lion cub. And this would happen on a daily basis to such an extent that after some time that lion cub actually thought itself to be a sheep or a goat. And then the analogy goes like this, that because its environment was that of sheep, of sheep it, it felt itself to be a sheep. Until one day when a lion saw it and said to it, what's the matter with you? Don't you know that you're a lion and those are sheep? He said, no, what are you talking about? These are my brothers. We are all sheep. And it sounded the bleating of a sheep and so forth. It meared like a sheep until it wasn't prepared to understand until the lion then convinced it to say what do you like to eat he says fresh grass and what would you love to drink he said sweet water he says come I, pr I promise you to arrange this for you in the best region and it won't be far you'll enjoy it and then you can decide from there and he takes him under the strategy of him going to eat fresh grass and sweet water and then he takes him into the lion's den and that's when he heard the roar of the lion and he understood the difference between a lion and a sheep the point of this discussion was in the environment alone the ummah will realize our worth our value and our responsibility so three days in that environment Hazrat Abu Huraira says, Hazrat Thumama was there for those few days, the three days that he stayed in the masjid. And then we hoped that the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would ransom him, meaning would release him over some ransom and the camels that he could pay very easily would be a means of food for us. Because we, Ashabu Sufa, were going through so much of hunger. But the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa vision was different, subhanallah, respected lovers of sahaba. This is what we see. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa released Hazrat Thumama for Allah's sake. 
and he released him with ihsan not demanding any ransom that's so mama you are free to go after three days of that environment when he leaves the masjid the nabawi sallallahu alayhi wasallam he felt different he felt you know i want to be inside the masjid this is not where i want to be outside the masjid he goes to an area one farm he bathes and he returns to the masjid he wanted to come back to the masjid subhanallah the feeling of being in the environment and the feeling of being out of the environment was chalk and cheese was totally different something else very interesting is the fact that he went to take a bath and he returned this was something so beautiful Hazrat Mufti Al-Haqsa Abdamad Bakatum says so beautifully that he would have learned in the environment of the masjid or the ta'aleem of the masjid about the, the beauty of taking a bath the practice, the sunnah practice or the mustahab practice of taking a bath before embracing Islam this is not a condition like many of us understand when a person wants to embrace Islam we make it conditional, no, you must bath, you must do this, you must do that we give them a whole list of doing things and then you must come on this date or after this time Allah knows who will be living after those so many days Whose guarantee is it that after that week or after those few days that person will be living or you will be living? When a person wants to be Muslim, we should not make it difficult for that person. Already there is so much of difficulty he went through to take those steps and come. Now we are putting him through much more. Let him embrace Islam. Don't delay the process. The fact that one goes to bath and comes, this is an encouraged practice. It is not a condition or compulsory that one has to do this before articulating the kalima and reciting the shahada. Sometimes a person wants to be Muslim, but there are certain other practices that he needs to get rid of in his life. But explain to him that it doesn't mean it's only when you leave those evil practices you can embrace Islam tell him that there's no guarantee of life even the next day or the next minute embrace Islam and slowly work on yourself and aspire to become a better person and ask and beg of Allah and beseech Allah to help you leave those wrongs not justifying those wrongs but do not delay your Islam because of those wrongs but embrace Islam through that you'll acquire Allah's special assistance and in that if you pass away you have deen and you have Islam that you're passing away with and inshallah iman so Hazrat Thumama returns to the Masjid Nabawi and his words to the beloved of Allah were so amazing oh my Nabi there wasn't on the face of the earth anyone that I detested like you but today you are the most beloved to me there wasn't on the face of the earth a city that I hated like your city or a deen that I detested like your deen but today it's your city that's the most beloved city to me and it's your deen that is most beloved to me ما كان على وجه الأرض والله ما كان على وجه الأرض وجه أبغض إلي من وجهك فأصبح وجهك أحب الوجوه كلها إليه وما كان على وجه الأرض دين أبغض إلي من دينك فأصبح دينك أحب الأديان كلها إلي وما كان على وجه الأرض بلد أبغض إلي من بلدك فأصبح بلدك أحب البلاد كلها إلي 
This is the beauty of deen. Through deen we love the beloved of Allah وسلم, the most. We love his city the most. We love his deen the most. We love his practices the most. Allah give us true deen. When this is not the case, when the love of the beloved of Allah and his deen, his sunnah, his practices, his city is not loved by us, there's something going wrong when it comes to our deen is concerned. The environment is confusing us. Subhanallah, just today I met teacher Uzair from, from, uh, from Birmingham, from, 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 from the UK. Brooklyn, he was, he was a teacher there, teaching economics and so forth. And so amazing how he changed his life through this beautiful work of Tabligh. And then he was explaining to my children as well, so beautifully, that you know, I teach in the schools, but I don't even put my own children in the schools. He says, we see what they are indoctrinating through the syllabus and how important it is that the environment of deen has to be so strong at home. He says, they are children from such prominent homes, but when they went to certain schools, he says, I know them today. They earning well. They have, you know, uh, they, 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 they live very, very well, but they no longer Muslim anymore. Be careful for our deen and for our children's deen and for our offspring's deen because this is the purpose for which we live. Hazrat Thumama radiallahu then said, O Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Tell me, I was on my way to Umrah. What should I do? My, now my life is in accordance to your teachings. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa taught him the Umrah for our understanding. The beloved of Allah taught him, meaning did ta'aleem for him of the Umrah in Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we learn the importance of sitting in the halaqah of ta'aleem and learning deen irrespective of our age. Imagine, remember, we think our children should learn deen. Yes, our children must learn deen. But we think we absorbed. We also have to learn Allah's deen and correct our Quran and increase in the love of the sunnah and love for our deen and the sunnah of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the ahadith of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Then the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa permitted him to go for the umrah on the sunnah of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Amazing is his journey of umrah as he was reciting the labbaik. Labbaik Allahumma labbaik. Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik. Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak. Labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik, la sharika laka labbaik, inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk, la sharika lak. Subhanallah, how much of emphasis of Allah's love, emphasis of repentance, of changing, of improving one's life, of correcting one's life, in this one dua and slogan of Labbaik. That's why Labbaik is the slogan of the lover of Allah. Labbaik is the slogan, is the shi'ar of the ashiq of Allah, the one searching for Allah's love. He's donned in ihram two pieces of cloth similar to the kafan because he's, remind, he's preparing for his death. <coughs> for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he's imitating that lover and a lover is prepared to do anything. He's disheveled. 
He's wearing two pieces of cloth. He's not just scratching anyhow. He's being cautious. He's in ihram. He's in a state of sanctuary of Allah's consciousness and all the time. And the sunnah is to recite the labbaik for men in an audible tone and for women in a low tone but continuously we all should aspire to recite the labbaik continuously. Our ulama explain that it's part of the signs of qiyamah that in hajj people won't recite the labbaik in abundance. They'll stop. Labbaik has dual in it. Dual. It means Oh Allah, and dual in Arabic comes for emphasis. Al-Qiyah fi Jahannam. Al-Qiyah is dual, meaning repeatedly cast, cast, throw. It actually has a lot of emphasis in it. So one statement of dual in Arabic has so much of emphasis. And imagine in one dua you count. The labbaik can be repeated four or five times. Because you can also finish it with the labbaik. So imagine four times of repetition of a slogan that if mentioned once already has so much of emphasis. Labbaik. Allahumma labbaik. Oh my Allah, I am changing, I am turning, I am correcting my life, I am turning to you, I am repenting, I am connecting myself to you. I'm turning away from makhluk to khaliq, turning away from dunya to akhirah, turning away from mal to a'mal, turning away from what you dislike to do those actions that you love and will bring me closer to you. Oh my Allah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Labbaik, Allahumma labbaik, labbaik, la sharika laka labbaik, innal hamda, innal hamda, wal ni'mata laka wal mulk, la sharika lak. Oh my Allah, labbaik, Allahumma, Allah to you alone. I turn, I repent, I change, I direct myself repeatedly. Allahumma labbaik. And this emphasis is, oh Allah, open your doors for me. Oh Allah, accept me. This is a slogan of the lover. Inna alhamda, Allah, all praise. Inna alhamda, one ni'mata, all bounties are from you. All praises are due to you. All bounties are from you. Wal mulk, the controller, the king. The owner is you alone. Inna alhamda wal ni'mata lak wal mulk. The entire kingdom belongs to you. The entire authority is yours. Wal mulk la sharika lak. And la sharika laka labbaik. O la sharika lak. O my Allah, you have no partner whatsoever, not even in the least bit. La sharika lak. Allah alone without partner.